What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Out to Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn 104.9 AM 1260 and HornFM.com. With the Longhorns play and Austin talks sports. You think we've gotten too radical with our message? Well, I got news for you. You ain't heard nothing yet. And if you don't know, now you know. Go with Lou Woo! <laughs> you better put them hands together. And put them together for Friday on B&E. It is the mullet open Friday, so not just any Friday. Uh, every year we get together and do this bad boy. 22 times now, 23 years. Skip the COVID year, but here we are. And as we talked about, Bucky got it uh, so nice to move it into early May to maybe catch a cool spring day. Not, not, uh, not so much. much. No. <laughs> not so much. It's going to be a sticky Houston kind of day. I grew up in Houston. These are the kind of days you get where you wake up in the morning and the windows are all fogged up because it's air-conditioned inside and outside is muggy. Some one, Houston, one of the greatest cities for if you are a gardener like me, if you want to see beautiful plants and foliage and all that kind of stuff. It's beautiful. I went to the University of Houston's campus and walked around there with my you daughter. Grow some you, know, flowers. My, you know, my daughter was a freshman there. My d- daughter, before she came to the University of Texas. Yes, she went a freshman year down there, right? She was a, yeah, and I was on that campus, and the flowers and the foliage down there were just beautiful. With the humidity, I mean, it was incredible. It's also good for your skin, I was told growing up, but uh, you know, it keeps your skin moist. Is you you know you're, I like my emollients. You know, yes, black don't crack. You know what I'm saying. But uh, uh, for even white guys like me, <laughs> can help out your skin. You, know, you live out in the desert, man. You got all that dry air all the time. You get uh, you know you, you get dried out. You got to make sure you're you're getting those lotions, the cocoa butter for you. There you, you go. Know, get after. Got to do that. But uh, yeah, Houston is that's what it feels like here this morning. Uh, pretty rough, pretty rough. But we'll make it. As I said earlier, at least it's not uh, raining. And at least it's not scorching with the blazing sunshine. Oh, we've no been on, we've been here on, on a, a mullet open when it was over a hundred degrees, and there was no glass <laughs> in case. And we survived here. it. And we survived it, sweating right through everything. Yes. Hey, bottom of the hour, we're going to check in one more time with our buddy Kirk Godby, the uh, director and chairman of the board of the Don't Tell My Wife Stables. I know tomorrow morning you're going to get up early and get down to Ratama Park. Yep. And let me ask you this, because we're going to get our headlines here coming up, and I got an interesting question I just heard from a, a question just popped into my head based on a commercial we just played. But um, so if our audience who's getting excited about this, don't tell my wife stables a little pony uh, confidence game. Sure. And they've never bet on the Kentucky Derby or even done something like it. How would you advise? I want, I want your thoughts on how to advise someone. Uh, to make a wager. This is where we needed the old Viking fence Jimmy to give us a call and let us know how to make a wager. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go down and I'll put it but in. you can just bet straight up the confidence game wins, but you can also bet that he places and shows, correct? So you For get, sure. That, I mean, you can you can put $20 across. First, which would be win, play, show. Win, play, show. He's 20, it's 20 to 1 right now. Okay. And that 20, double 20, gets you 40, add two more dollars to it. $42 for every $2 bet if that horse wins. And then for, for the uh, place bet, it's going to be half of that. So, and then the show bet, just a little bit less than that. But if you're to put 20 on that horse and that horse was a win, you come out pretty good. But the guys, the, those guys, you know, of course, when, when the horse raced in the Rebel Stakes, E, and won them $550,000 for that win, do you know uh, 
how much money some of those guys must have put on that horse. Well, and, we'll ask Kirk Godby. He's and that was that a ridiculous number that yeah. he won. Well, it started the week at 29 to 1 confidence game, now yes. down to 20 to 1. Uh, which, again, what would you say, 80, 80 to 1 won this thing last year? 81, 81 to 1 won last year. Uh, the, the, uh, the morning line favorite is Forte at 3 to 1. Tappet Trice is 5 to 1. Angel of Empire, 8 to 1. Uh, so we'll talk to, uh, to Kirk at the bottom of the hour, get the, the official intel, and if you've got some intel on how to, how to lay a good wager. Because yeah, you can also not, box several horses, right? You sure. Can, I mean, you can play the trifecta. You can play the you know, exacta, first two horses, trifecta, Cause I've gone. I've been in Vegas with you, and we're over in the race or the uh, the racing area, horse races. And you're just making bets, and you're handing me tickets, and I don't even know what the hell it says. And that's, oh, then he goes, "Oh, you won, you won. Good I, luck, what you did." I've taken a BK to Lone Star Park, and he's seen me at work collecting. Collecting. And I'm a numbers guy. You you're, know, I like I have favorite numbers. Secret number two is one of my favorite numbers. Uh, secretary was number two. Okay. One of my key numbers, I like the, the seven horse, the five horse. This horse in the fourth spot, is it's going to be interesting because uh, at Churchill Downs, that first turn, he, you know, when you have horses out there in the 15th hole, they start coming down on you. Yeah, collapsing. And so he's either going to drop back or he's going to go try to take the lead. And this is a horse is really, if you watch the last couple of races, this is a strong horse. It's really. He's got some speed to him. Oh, he's we'll got some Kirk speed to him. What Kirk uh, thinks the game plan might be. He got to visit with him on Tuesday after they, they drew that four post. Uh, yeah, that was, that's a, that's, it's a, you, you, you like to say anytime your horse races in the Kentucky Derby, any post is a good post. But there can be bad ones for your particular horse. Yeah. Right? yeah I mean, I, I'm pretty sure they, the they would have rather loved to have been out there in the seventh or eighth hole to get out there where they don't get squeezed. Hey, let's get to the headlines, then we'll pick up those conversations. Busy Friday morning here on B&E. Top Gun Equipment Rentals bring you the news. They've got some great prizes out yes, here in do. the mullet open. Hey, Land- chainsaw, pole saw. Anybody need that? You know you need a pole saw from now on, don't you? We needed a pole saw. <laughs> needed a pole saw. Not long ago. Uh, okay, so let's start with the tragic news from the 40 Acres yesterday. Just a shocking piece of a news that came down. Lance Blanks, a standout on Tom Pender's late 80s and early 90s Texas basketball teams, a member of the Longhorn Hall of Honor, passed away yesterday at the age of 56. He was a key scoring member of the Longhorn team. Teams dubbed the BMW scoring machine alongside Joey Wright and Travis Mays. He then went on to a successful NBA career as a player and even more as an executive. He was a scouting director for the Spurs, also general manager in Phoenix at one point. We moved back to Austin and became a broadcaster. Uh, he's Certainly added along to uh, Texas basketball games as a commentator on LHN and on ESPN for many, many years now. It's a tragic piece of news, dead at the age of 56. Obviously a very difficult day for the Longhorn program, but there were positive developments for the current team. Head coach Rodney Terry received commitments from two players through the transfer portal yesterday, bringing their total to four now. UTEP transfer power forward Zarek Onyema and UT and Arlington transfer guard Chandel Weaver both committed to Texas. Onyema is a 6'8 forward, originally recruited by Rodney Terry at UTEP when he was head coach of the minors. He chose Texas after a visit to Vanderbilt. Weaver is a 6'3 guard who was named the WAC Freshman of the Year in his one year in Arlington. Uh, he went to high school at Man. Timberview and was a standout as a freshman, the conference player of the year as a freshman, for at least for freshman of the year. He chose Texas over Texas A&M, Texas Tech, and many others in the state of Texas. One other college hoops note, former Michigan standout Hunter Dickinson is transferring to Kansas for the upcoming season, twice a first-team All-Big Ten selection as a Wolverine. In the NBA last night, Golden State Warriors even that series with the LA Lakers in the Western Conference semifinals, and it was a wipeout, 127-100. Milwaukee Bucks have fired their head basketball coach, Mike Budenholzer, after his fifth season with that franchise. 
uh, that first round playoff exit to the Miami Heat. His downfall did lead them to a championship. And in college baseball, Alabama has fired their head baseball coach, Brad Bohannon, after a report of suspicious bets involving his team. The dismissal comes three days after a report warning of suspicious wagers prompted Ohio's top gambling regulator to bar licensed sportsbooks in the state from accepting bets on Alabama baseball games. Three days later, he is out. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Come see one of the many reasons your mama loves us this month by getting select Toro and Hustler zero-turn mowers for up to 26% off. Topgun.net, we'll shoot you straight. Boy, I'm looking forward till Monday, too, going out to the UT Club, Coaches for Cancer. Yeah, and what I think a great benefit. I hope we're hoping to see Rodney Terry out there. And obviously, Rodney had a really rough day yesterday. We all did, but certainly, Rodney uh, Lance Blanks, one of his closest friends, uh, just stunning piece of news that came down. And you know, but you got to keep working in the portal. And yep. uh, he and the staff. So hopefully, we'll see Rodney out there and be able to uh, pat him on the back a little bit and the whole program. See Ty Harrington out there. The whole world. Skipper Ty Harrington and. Uh, yeah, I think T.J. Ford is going to be yeah. out there playing some Thank golf. Thank you to Steve Tremere and that wonderful staff out there. So we came east today into near Bastrop, and then we're going west into the hill country on Monday to do back-to-back shows at the golf tournaments. And this is a great one. And, of course, the Coaches versus Cancer, always a wonderful event, which we're excited to be a part of on Monday morning. Uh, so, yeah, busy one. Hey, I wanted to ask this question, and this should get a lot of uh, text line conversation going. So, Ty, you're going to have to be on the, on the prompt here because uh, I don't have access to the text line here on location. But um, I was listening to the commercial break, and we promoted and we announced on, on Monday, Buck, the big concert, Aerosmith. Black Crows, right? The yes. uh, 50th anniversary tour for Aerosmith. Those tickets go on sale at uh, 10 o'clock this morning, but you can win a pair. I think we're giving away a couple pairs here on the Horn if you go to hornfm.com before you can even buy them. And what a great show that's going to be. I love the Black Crows and uh, Aerosmith, their, their final run. Uh, that should be a great show coming up in October. But in it, it says Aerosmith, the greatest American rock and roll band of all time. They just make it point of fact. The greatest American rock and roll band of all time. And, you know, they've got a strong argument, but it leads to a fair question. Is is that true? And I don't have a problem with their, you know, branding branding themselves that. That's probably smart. But the question becomes, are they the greatest American rock and roll band ever? I mean, obviously, we've talked a lot that, you know, UK. I would say, can I say the Beach Boys? You can absolutely say the Beach Boys. What I would think the Beach Boys, to me, would be the greatest rock and roll band in America, from America, yes. Uh, obviously, following the Brian Wilson and the Beatles, started in 1961, and then mm-hmm. fo- following the Beatles, and uh, even trailblazing for the Beatles, and doing some things the Beatles weren't even doing with their harmonies and uh, uh, styling, yeah. stylings from the West Coast. That's a good one. Uh, you know, I would put... Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers up in there as well because Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, you know, spanned four or five decades before Tom's recent passing, which is still crushes me. Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers impacted every decade, 70s, 80s, 90s, into the 2000s. Um, that would be a strong argument. Um, uh, you know, some would say the Eagles, but the Eagles took about a 10-year drop. But the Eagles with Don Henley and Glenn sure. Fry and all the hits and the highest-selling record of all time with their greatest hits album that came out in the mid-'70s. And then, of course, they've reformed. Heck, they're still touring with, like, uh, Vince Gill now taking the, uh, the Glenn Fry role, which is pretty cool. Van Halen would be an argument for a lot of people, whether whatever in- incarnation, the Sammy Hagar, uh, Vince, uh, Van Halen, or, of course, the uh, – uh, Vin- oh, God, what's his name? Who was the original? Um, Van Halen. Huh? 
David Lee Roth. David Lee Roth. David Lee Roth. Head Crazy Roth. Head. Uh, you know, but so we'll take your thoughts on that. Who is the greatest? Because I, I heard it. I was like, okay. A lot but, of Eagles. We, um, Eagles. Eagles are coming and, in. Grateful Dead. Ooh. I'd say maybe. But didn't maybe, you have to be on LSD to appreciate the Grateful Dead concert? <laughs> yes. Didn't that part of the deal? You had to be on some type of uh, mushroom. Stay or off acid. the weed. <laughs> Something. Bon Jovi, ACDC, Guns N' Roses. Ooh, Guns Skinner. and Roses is not long enough. Guns and Roses is like uh, your claim of uh, best football player ever. Gale Sayers. Gale Sayers. He didn't play long enough. He only played five or six years. You got to, you know, Guns and Roses. I know they're still touring now, but Axl Rose is mm. chubby and not nearly the performer he once was. Um, uh, Kiss. Somebody mentioned Kiss in the gallery here. I like that. Pearl Jam would be one that you could also mention. Female uh, listener number 19. 12 says Journey. Okay. Strong. Super group. 80s, but I think when Steve Perry dumped, uh, dumped out, you know, kind of changed there. I think you got to. It's like having a great sports debate. Got to have gotta, that, that star. Well, you got to have the original star. Got to have impact, but you also have to have impact over a long period of time. The argument for Aerosmith is this is their 50th year. I mean, they've been making music since the 70s when you were going to school in Boston College. Yep, doing a lot of drugs there. Not you, no. Aerosmith. Um, but you know, somebody said Nirvana. Um, I like that one. I like that one. Uh, but Nirvana was kind of like Guns N' Roses, very short-lived. Someone said Creed. <laughs> no, <laughs> nice. There no. you go. There's me. That's me. That's the one we know is not. Well, I'm going to put one out there that, that would, somebody should have said by now, but ZZ Top. I mean, ZZ Top, the great band from Houston and uh, out of the great state of Texas. They've been doing it since the late 60s. Uh, they have churned out great album after great album. So, uh, but, I, you know, I think for me, the top would be you said at the Beach Boys. This would be my... Aerosmith. Well, Led Zeppelin's not from the United States. No, it's got to be, yeah. And somebody, our, our, our man Chris, Led Zeppelin is a UK band. UK, And, yeah. and, and that, the, those, I mean, I always love the, those talks of music with, um, you know, because when the Beatles hit and then the Rolling Stones hit, everyone was trying to outdo one another, right? It sure. was like this arms race of music. My group, the Dave Clark Five. Right. Well, it created some of the greatest music that still is great today, right? It was just, you know, Elvis really started it and then... Um, you know, the Beatles, and, and it's amazing if you watch, you know, uh, music documentaries like I love to do, how many of these great American bands got into music because of the Beatles, right? The oh, Beatles sure. got into it because of the blues and because of Elvis, right? Elvis launched mm-hmm. so much of the British invasion uh, and coming from the United States to Britain, and then Elvis influenced that. But then the, the Beatles' appearance on the Ed Sullivan Show, if you watch enough of these uh, documentaries, so many uh, of the, the bands we're talking about, the Beach Boys, um, you know, the Eagles, Ed uh, Sullivan, Tom Petty, yes. uh, just talking about how when they, when they saw that band on Ed Sullivan, that's what I want to do, and that's what I'm going to do, and it just has led to some amazing music. So we'll take the debate, take the fun, uh, and I think because people would say the doors, you know, but not long enough. They're like, they're, the doors fall into the category of, of uh, you know, Guns N' Roses and and Nirvana, great bands, impactful, but not for very long. Not for very long. Tom Petty, you know, and the Heartbreakers were the the seventies, eighties, nineties, two thousands, and beyond. What about Metallica? Metallica is a good one. Metallica is a really good Metallica. one. Metallica is a good one because they've been doing it since nineteen eighty one. Um, you know, hit the, with the speed metal and the hard rock. They softened it just a little bit, but they're still doing it. They just put out a new album here just here this this spring. So, uh, pretty cool. So we'll take your your thoughts. I thought that was interesting that they. The greatest American rock and roll band ever. You can make the claim, but do you agree with it is the question. 
Because the music coming out of the UK, Buck, a lot of bands, right? A lot of groups, Absolutely. a lot of uh, uh, collaboration. Uh, we know Jimmy Page uh, helped form Led Zeppelin because he wanted to put a super. You know, Jimmy Page tried to get Eric Clapton to join. Oh, of course, they wanted Led the Zeppelin super band because Jimmy Page was in a band early in his life and then became a session musician because he got sick while traveling on the road so much. So he got his health was really bad. So he he went to start just doing session music where he'd play. Uh, and decided he wanted to go back into it, and he, so he's going to build this super group that would challenge the Rolling Stones and the Beatles. And so he got, you know, they found John Paul Jones and John Bonham, who was the best drummer in the world at the time, and then you add the voice of Robert Plant, and you've got a super group, right? But so UK was a lot of groups. The United States became more individuals, right? There, right. there were bands, but, you know, Elvis and Michael Jackson and, you know, the, the individual performer probably more, and even to this day, more prevalent in the United States than, 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 than in, the, in the U.K. and Europe. Well, they'd be my overall favorite of all the rock and roll bands. Led Zeppelin? Led Zeppelin. There's no doubt in my mind. Interesting. Well, Rolling Stones make the claim of being the greatest rock and roll, touring rock and roll band of all time with uh, Mick and the crew. So good debate. Always fun. Ty, you'll keep those coming with us here on this Friday morning. We're also talking uh, uh, the Longhorn Basketball Portal Editions, which uh, are starting to see the formation we'll of this roster. take your great Cinco de Mayo band, too. Why not? Cinco de Mayo band. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to think who that's going to be. <laughs> Los Lobos. There you go. Los Lobos could be up in there. Grupo Fantasma would be an awesome one as well. like that a lot. Uh, but bring us your, your, your suggestions there. Um, but also, Buck, the portal. That's why I'm excited to talk to Rodney Terry. Obviously, it's going to be a rough run here for Rodney based on the news of yesterday. But um, I think Rodney and his staff have to be pretty excited. The, the One week ago, Friday, today, it was the Ron Holland decommitment. Today, you come in with the addition of two new players. One of them, a three-year player at UTEP, who Rodney Terry is very familiar with because he recruited him originally to UTEP. Now he's got three years under his belt. He's 6'8", brings some length to go with Dylan DeSue and Caden Shedrick up front. And then uh, the kid that they're, I know they're really excited about, uh, the biggest recruit that they've added is the kid from Oral Roberts, Max Asmus. Uh, this was the, 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 the top of the mark. This was a guy that twice the conference player of the year, 22 points a game, can flat shoot it and, uh, and, and make things happen. He's going to yeah, be He's guy. an overall player. He'll distribute. He'll do everything. Right. But now you have a team. Well, what was the thing we talked about last year at times down low? They didn't have a lot of size. Texas didn't have a lot of size last year, even though they made it to the you – know, what, what was their demise when they got in the game with Miami and Dylan DeSue was hurt? They just didn't have – To protect that rim. Yeah, they didn't have anybody to protect the rim and all the attacking of the basket. And, um, you know, now Caden Shedrick, 6'11", bringing this kid from UTEP, 6'8", with some long arms. Dylan DeSue is up in there. And I keep, I keep hearing that Dylan Mitchell, there's some optimism that maybe Dylan's back. Uh, that is not me saying that or report. I just keep hearing from people that. Are you reporting that? No, I'm reporting or telling people that there. When it when he first when Dylan Mitchell first said that he was going to explore the portal or explore the NBA, the optimism was very low. That they thought uh, Dylan Mitchell was probably done, but and they all, even and the same folks I was talking to said that they feel like Tyrese Hunter will be back. That Tyrese has told us you know he'll be. And you'll be playing for Texas. He wants to get the information from the NBA, wants to go through the drill and see how it goes, getting the experience, which no one can criticize a person for doing, but that they feel like Tyrese Hunter has a very good chance to be back here because, quite honestly, Buck, he's a six-foot guard coming off not a great season who is not likely to be picked in the first two rounds yeah, of the draft. Yeah, his stock went up at the end of the season. Yeah, uh, but he's, he can't change the fact that he's a six-foot guard no, in a that, league where not, nothing's changing he'll, he'll always be undersized. And he's got to uh, have a very special skill or skills that uh, he's going to have to develop. Now, Dylan Mitchell is a 6'8 athletic freak, right? So that in the NBA, there's going to be potentially a team that says, we'll invest in that for the potential 
But right now, he's not a draftable player, I don't think. No, his game, his, his offensive game. His offensive game. Needs some work. And maybe that's what he's hearing, and that's maybe why I'm hearing that there's more and more optimism that he may come back. And I do think last week's decision of Ron Holland has an impact here because if Ron Holland is not coming to Texas, Dylan Mitchell is likely, likely you're starting small forward. Yeah, right. I, I just think I, I, I don't like losing players to another school, but when, when you're losing guys to – if you lose a guy to Bill Self, I mean, you're losing to the best basketball coach in America. I mean, you – that's well, at the end of the day, whatever the reasons, it didn't feel like Arterio Morris sure. wanted to be here. So, you know, that's what the portal's for. Um, and that's their opportunity to do that. Yeah, that's absolutely. open to them. Rowan Brumbaugh, who was a, was a part of the previous recruiting class, he was from the East Coast and recruited specifically he by went Chris. Back, and he went back home. Right, but, and recruited specifically by Chris Beard because uh, he was his kind of player, right? Really, right. really tough, tenacious defender. And he, he jumped out as well. Same thing. He went back to, what, Georgetown is where he landed to play on the East Coast. But their new coach. Yes. And so, you know, you see how those play out. But, you know, if Dylan Mitchell and Tyrese Hunter return, let's just go with that big if. If they're back, this is a pretty good team. Because think of your front line is DeSue, Shedrick, and Dylan Mitchell uh, in year two, which you assume, based on the information he's gotten from the NBA, is going to come in with something to prove. Can't doubt the length, the athleticism, jump out of the gym, all that. So that's your front line. Now you know, your primary backup is the kid, Anyema, who just came in from UTEP off the bench, Brock Cunningham off the bench, backcourt. I like that strong back line, though, too. Yeah. I, I really do. Yeah, with some size on the back line. I mean, Shedrick would have been huge last year for them oh being able to defend the cup. I mean, their tallest player last year was Dylan DeSue. Uh, Shedrick's a couple inches on him and long uh, as a rim protector. Well, now you're back. That's your front court. You're back. And there's also, also Alex Anamekwe, who is back. Uh, and if your backcourt is Max Asmus, Tyrese Hunter, and the kid uh, that works. and the kid who just came in from UT Arlington, who was the WAC freshman of the year, who the coaching staff feels like has some Jabari Rice similarities, 6'3", lean, can shoot it, also very aggressive and a very smart player. Uh, that's a pretty good three-person backcourt. You probably still need a little more depth that you would be still looking for. That's what I'm looking for is the depth. I, th- I think you're okay with your backcourt now. I think you're... You're starting so to get it now. You, that would, those would be your three-man three backcourt. Your wings are Brock Cunningham, Alex Anamekwe, Dylan Mitchell. Your sure. bigs down low are the kid from UTEP who just signed yesterday, uh, along with Shedrick and DeSue. It's a pretty good team. I mean, it's a pretty good team. Absolutely. Now, again, it's the Big 12. So you're going to be playing Houston this year. Um, you know, adding, you're going to be facing the, uh, you know, the, the Kansas Jayhawks and the Baylor Bears and everybody else in the Big 12. That's what it is. It's a gauntlet. But, um, you know, I think right now Rodney Terry is putting together a pretty competitive roster if Tyrese Hunter and Van, especially yes, Dylan Mitchell. Have Tyrese Hunter come if back. Dylan Mitchell were to return, you'd be cooking with. Even if Mitchell doesn't come back, you've got to have Tyrese Hunter come back. I agree. I agree. You need, you, if you've got both, That'd be great. all of a sudden you're feeling really good. because And, again, that's why I say Ron Holland not coming in. Dylan Mitchell may say, you know what, I'm going to have a lot of playing time because uh, that's Ron Holland. Yeah, and I you were going to play a lot. Right. You were going to play a lot anyway, but, yes, you're definitely going to play a and lot. And let's also now. remember this. Arterio Morris and Ron Holland are very good friends. And so though they talk. Sure. So we know what goes on behind the scenes with sure. these deals. So uh, that's the latest on Texas basketball in addition to the tragedy involving our good friend Lance Blanks. Just uh, a terrible piece of news yesterday. Who is the greatest American rock and roll band of all time is Aerosmith alleges they are. We want your nomination. But coming back, Kirk Godby will call us. He is the, uh, the chief, the director of the Don't Tell My Wife Stables Confidence Game going off at 20 to 1 tomorrow at Churchill Downs. It's Bucky and Aaron. All 
All right, Buck, I just tweeted out the uh, the very cool picture of the Bijan Robinson signed portrait that you can bid on here in the auction, the silent auction when you get out here. Uh, Mr. Tyson over there has got them locked up. By the way, Chris Tyson does such a great job. That money, he gives half his money to the buck and the, for this, this benefit. I mean, there's not many guys that do the auction part of these deals. He, they're not going to share half with you. They don't. They generally don't do that. You get a and you get portion. To get that to the Burke Center. Yeah, and this is awesome. This is this is wonderful. And they've got great stuff. And that, I tweeted that out. But they've got the Taylor Swift record, the Vince Young jersey, the Earl Campbell portrait, ton of great stuff with Tyson Sports uh, Memorabilia and Management. We can get there. Chad. We can get Chad to get that. Um, the uh, Taylor Swift. Because didn't he go to his daughter to Taylor Swift concert yeah, in yeah. Houston? That's what you got to do as a, as a girl. Spent the night, went to the concert himself. I will say that uh, my daughter went to Taylor Swift, but I did not go. What? My wife and uh, three of her girlfriends. It was like three moms and three daughters. So I got to be excluded. But Chad got to see Taylor Swift. Yeah. Yes. Very and nice. He, and he dressed up. Hey, a couple other. <laughs> and he dressed up. Our good debate last segment talking about best American rock and roll band ever. There were a couple added. CCR. Creedence Clearwater Revival. There you go. Uh, is a strong one. Uh, also, who else was? Uh, somebody said ACDC. ACDC is from Australia originally, so they cannot count as American Please rock and roll band. Please don't try to count Bon Jovi. No, no, no good. No, well. No. <laughs> some will count Bon Jovi, but no. the one we have to mention from the East Coast is uh, Bruce Springsteen in the, East, in the East Street Band. They have, For sure. They have to be in the conversation. along Because I always think Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers are the southern version of Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. It's just, you know, great front man with great songs and a great band. I'm a, um, I'm a more of a fan, even besides Bruce, Springs, Bruce Springsteen, of Jay Giles. Jay, Jay Giles, Giles band, band out of Boston. Out of Boston, yeah. Well, this all stems from Aerosmith and their record and their promotion for their new concert tour, saying they're the best rock and, American rock and roll band of all time. Uh, we're asking that question of you. Uh, we're also going to ask some questions right now to the, our guest on the Vaqueros Hotline. Second time this week, he's given us a couple minutes, and we're really excited about it. He is the man in charge of the Don't Tell My Wife Stables. Their horse confidence game will go off at 20-1 to 1 tomorrow at the uh, Kentucky Derby. The run for the roses. He is Kurt Godby. Kurt, how are you? Hey, good morning, guys. Glad How you to be doing? Here. Glad to join you. We appreciate you doing it. Uh, day out to the race, and uh, are you are you getting a little a uh, little nervous here? How are you feeling? How's the week been for for you and the crew and confidence game? It's been a great week. We've uh, been you know there's a lot of activities up here. We've been to the backside. I guess Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. Um, training hours this morning were from five to eight because the races start early today with the Oaks. It starts at first races at ten thirty Eastern. So, um, but yeah, get get real excited about about this. I guess the guess the big story of the of the week. I guess has been you know I think four um, horses in the Derby of Scratch. So for various reasons. So um, horse is great. We're coming into this race as good as you can come into. We have no excuses and. We're we're um, all of all of my partners that are here are very confident that he's going to run really well. So um, we'll we'll line them up and see tomorrow. Very exciting. All right, and Kirk, how's track conditions going to be in weather there? Um, you know, uh, today it's uh, 75 degrees. It's sunny. Um, they said on the last night's forecast was uh, on the weather was 20 uh, percent chance of. Real early morning um, rain, and then uh, sunny to partly sunny the rest of the afternoon, 75 degrees. So it's going to be a beautiful day, and I'm really happy about that because for the fan experience. No question about that. And 20 to 1 is the morning line for confidence game out of the Don't Tell My Wife stables. Uh, the, the, the odds favorite this morning is Forte, and he's been that all week at 3 to 1 with uh, Tappet Trice and Angel of Empire. Uh, give us a little thumbnail on the, on the field and who you think is uh, the chief competition. Obviously, uh, Forte would have to be at 3 to 1. 
Yeah, yeah, Forte. Um, uh, Tappet tries just kind of from a numbers pers- from a numbers perspective, thoroughgraph numbers perspective. It's really kind of Angel of Empire and Tappet tries, um, um, and then our horse is right behind them. So you know, twenty horses. A lot of things can happen when they come out of the gate, and who's going to be, you know, rolling out of there to try to get position, and who doesn't. And it's just it's going to be interesting how it plays out. Uh, Kurt, did you did uh, I mean uh, the strategy for you guys? Are you just what is the strategy out of the four hole? I mean, that first turn can get a little shaky with 20 horses. I mean, I mean, you've got the horse and you've got the strength and the speed with the horse, especially, you know, coming back late to, to back off a little bit. Or, or do you go and try to be maybe the first six around the corner or first seven around the corner and you back up? Because you know you, know, you definitely don't want to be squeezed on that corner. Yeah, def- def- definitely. Um, you know, this is going to be a call by uh, by James Graham to see what happens when they get out. I know that we'll probably be forwardly placed. Um, um, and what's great about that, I may have mentioned it on Monday maybe, um, is that he's got so much natural speed. He just You don't have to use him to accomplish where, where you want him to be at. So, um, But that is, that is a huge asset to have. And, you know, again, you know, it, it's really just going to – depend on where everybody's going but I, I think James will have him up forwardly place whether he'll be you know four or five links off but I you know just having that asset of speed to be there wherever you want is, is huge for us and, and, and a strong horse like this I, I mean when you say that natural speed where you don't have to really force it like you know like down the stretch stuff I mean where the horse just runs out you know for that first two furlongs and just is is just there with everybody everybody else is pushing hard this horse seems to be a horse that you just can go ahead and gallop right out there with him without it being pushed hard. Yep. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's huge because this is all about conserving energy, you right. know, going around the racetrack, galloping, you know, um, um, you know, without fighting the jockey and burning energy, you know, to save gas in the tank, you know, you know, for the, for the, for the stretch drive. So, um, you know, there's no concern about getting the distance. Um, he's bred to go a mile and a quarter and further. So, um, you know, I just hope he has a good, relaxed trip, and we'll see what happens when they come off the final turn. But, I, you know, it's, just, it's, it's so exciting, and, um, we, again, we, we, we just have this real confident feeling about this. I can't – I don't know what it is, uh, but it's been there all week, and I, I guess because the horse is doing so good, and, um, you know, we'll see. And the numbers are telling everybody that the horse yeah, is doing good. I mean, these, these last same, couple same numbers. confidence game. That's going to give you some yeah. confidence, too. These numbers uh, are telling yeah. us that that last workout was pretty good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Kirk, There's Kirk a Gobby lot of was momentum a... behind. I'm go sorry. Ahead, Kirk. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. Uh, a lot of momentum. I was going to say, yeah, there's a lot of momentum behind him. You know, a lot of, you know, na- some, some national stories and different things. A lot of people have really, I think that 59 bullet work kind of opened some right. eyes. Um, and I think we got a lot of people talking about him. I, I don't see him going off at twenty to one, maybe fourteen, um, somewhere in that neighborhood. But you know, who knows? But there's a lot of there's a lot of people looking at him now. So let me ask you this, Kurt. Uh, I know E has asked some uh, uh, that layoff. That's, this has been kind of a long layoff. I mean, uh, any concerns about that? I think if if there's anything that people are talking about with this horse is the fact the layoff's been a long. I I, I don't know if it's a long time. It's probably about the generally the natural, but when some of the horses in the derby, they get a little bit more work. But this is this layoff going to hurt at all, do you think? 
Oh no, no. There, there. Yeah, there's been a lot of talk about that, and a lot of questions about yeah. that. And we were at the trainers' dinner on Tuesday night, and all the trainers get a chance to get up answer questions. That was the first question for Keith Asomo. And jokingly, he said, um, he said, well, uh, you know, I hadn't really been telling the truth to the media about the logistics and horsemanship. Um, um, the, the real reason we laid off 10 weeks is because this ownership group over here um, didn't sober up for five weeks. So I had to have some clear <laughs> minds to help me make a decision. So it, it was a uh, it was a lot of fun. I mean, he was obviously joking. But, you know, back to your question, you know, he felt like it was the right, you know, we're we're we're, we're going to run in all three races, and he wanted a fit horse and a fresh horse. Um, he okay. had seven races. He's already got seven races underneath him. He's you know he's fit. Um, we used that that mile work um, a couple of weeks, uh, three weeks ago, whatever it is, um, as his race. And um, okay. you know he, during a race, you know it's always two weeks off before your next work. So that's a, that's kind of how. And that next work is at 59 bullets. So we're aligned. He's fit. He's fresh. Um, and he, he's ready to go. We're not worried about th- this layoff at all. Um, and just to add to that, you know, if you look back at the last 10 Breeders' Cup Classic winners, um, many were off eight weeks, um, several at nine, um, one or two at 10, and one even had 11-week break uh, between their last race and winning the Breeders' Cup Classic. So, you know. I, I think it's a little overblown, but you know everybody seems to want to want to talk about it. But we like where we're at with this, and and again, looking forward to the gates opening Saturday. Yeah, uh, confidence game as you think maybe down to fourteen to one by by post time tomorrow. Hasn't raced in ten races, but we're on the Rebel Stakes, and it's a, gr- a grind from here from the Kentucky Derby to the to the. Uh, Preakness and then the Belmont uh, beyond it. Uh, Kirk, the uh, the question I was, you guys, I'm assuming, will make a bet on your horse. I mean, that is that against uh, uh, the the luck rules or the rules, or you guys will put some uh, some wagers on your own pony? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, a lot of wagering on him. There's there's no question. So that's um, fun. Yeah, I've got hey, let me. Great, I've got a great, Go ahead. No, go ahead, Kirk. Oh, I was just gonna say, just got a great, a great group of, of folks um, in, in this ownership group, in all of my my partnerships. It's just a great group of people, and we got a lot of really good handicappers. And you know, I, I, there's a lot of guys that really are good at exotics, and I just handle money. Just put me in the pool, and I'll just let them go. But yeah, there'll be a lot of win bets on him, and I sure hope we can cash those tickets. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. We'll all be watching tomorrow, Churchill Downs, and uh, uh, looking forward to it. Uh, it is confidence game to, to, to watch. Of course, as you said to us off the top, uh, Tappet Trice and Angel of Empire might be the two to watch. And then uh, Forte is the, the morning line favorite right now at three to one. Kurt, Kurt thank- what, what, what color silks are we going to be in tomorrow? Um, the same ones we've been in. That we've Big had green? For, yeah, green with the, gold, the stars on the sleeves and the star on the front and back. So, so yeah. Well, green for the green. That's what we're going for at Churchill Downs, the run for the roses. Hey, enjoy the week. Uh, I know you've enjoyed the week. Enjoy the day and the next 24, 48 hours. I'm sure it's going to be a thrill of a lifetime. And uh, we're hoping the best for Confidence Game tomorrow. We'll all be watching and certainly appreciate your time twice this week, Kirk. So best of luck. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate it. Good luck, Kirk. Kirk, God. Take, take, Take care. 
Take care, Kirk. Uh, confidence game. A lot of growing. We, we, real quick before we get to the timeout, you need to load up the blitz, people. A, a on the road, mullet open blitz. A, oh, boy. An extravaganza. I do know our friend Brad Kellner is in the house from uh, Houston now. He used to work with us. He's going to jump on with me in the 9 o'clock hour while Buck really gets this thing cranking. Uh, but when he says 59 bullet, what does that mean to people? What is 59? Like he did a pre-race two weeks ago, right? And ran 59. Yeah, not against anybody, but just a just a just a training just a training. But those numbers are out there. Those, those so, are fabulous and that's numbers. Fast. Yeah, that's, and that's for fast. five furlongs. They generally most horses go six furlong race, but that's for five. That bullet is pretty good at 59. That's that's good stuff that's for a horse that hadn't run in I think 72 days. That's moving right there. Uh, looking forward to it. I don't I don't think I've been as tuned into a Kentucky Derby as I will in this one. And they generally don't. Eat, I mean, they race the donkeys like. I, I bet on, you know, like every three weeks or something like that. But heifers, a horse of this. The heifers is being yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, but Yeah, but a horse of this nature, I mean, it, it, it's not unusual for it to be off this kind of layoff. Well, again, because he's going to go every two weeks now uh, yeah. through the uh, yes, he triple is. crown. This, right. is quite the, this is quite the stretch for a horse right now. All right, that's what you breed it for and uh, train it for to be ready for this stretch spring into the summer. All right, coming back, load up the blitz, 447-3776. gossip in there as well. First, it's Craig. Where you get that from? Did Tawana tell you that? Did Tawana tell you that? Because I ain't for no games, okay? No games, just the gossip brought to you by the Icy Cold Frosty Bud Light Skis, the official domestic beer partner of your Texas Longhorns, the Texas X's, and the Texas OU game. Horns on the road this weekend on the baseball side of things at Kansas. Must win games. Must. A team at the bottom of the Big 12. Got to go get those wins and then set yourself up for a potential showdown series with West Virginia coming up in two We're weeks. coming to that, aren't we? Coming yeah, to the end of it. Only two Big 12 series left. Uh, we talked to Coach Pierce yesterday. They get, it's, he said every game's a playoff game now. This is tournament time. Uh, Longhorn's got to go get these ball games. He did reveal to us yesterday that uh, Lucas Gordon, of course, will start tonight. But looks like LBJ, LeBaron Johnson Jr., get to start on Saturday night. He was so good last week in that uh, six-inning stint against TCU. And that Tanner Witt will again start the Sunday game. They want to keep him in that rotation of starting. Let him get his normal warm-up and uh, he will start that game with uh, arms ready to go behind him. But uh, they need Tanner Witt to keep getting stronger to help this ball club. But, again, Kansas this weekend. Then it's San Jose State in the non-con. And then West Virginia also said yesterday, Buck, Longhorn fans need to root for Oklahoma this weekend because they're playing West Virginia this weekend in Morgantown. So you got to root for the Sooners. I know that's hard to do. Hey, you know what's in town this weekend in addition to being Cinco de Mayo in the Mullet Open? What's that? Rot Rally. That's what I was saying. I asked last week, I said, where's the rot rally at? You know what we had last night down on Congress? Motorcycle brawl. brawl. Oh, oh, yeah. oh yeah. they're the best. Biker brawl on 6th Street. Biker brawl on 6th Street. Uh, if you go to a, if you want to watch it, you got to go online to it. Here's a Twitter handle called TX underscore Street Fights. TX underscore Street Fights. And, yeah, they've got video of the 6th Street biker brawl. Is that the first of many this weekend? Y'all settle oh, down. Of course. But please look out. Be, be aware of the cyclists around you because, you know, some of us have that that spot in your car where you don't get to see them. Look yeah, out for can, them, please. They can get in your blind spot. They get in that blind spot. Please be careful this weekend. Yes, please do. Please do. So, yeah, biker brawl for sure. Hey, congratulations to our man Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran does not have to quit music. Uh, Ed Sheeran won his uh, case against the, uh, the estate for the uh, – what's the song? Let's get it on. They were suing him, one of the co-writers for... Marvin Gaye? Uh, not Marvin Gaye, but it was the other co-writer with Marvin. His family in the state were suing 
Mr. Sheeran. Let again. us have our music. And Ed Sheeran had said on the stand that, look, I wrote this song. It's a chord progression that sounds similar, but I had no influence on this song. And he actually said, if, if, I, if, if I lose this case, I will quit music because I don't know how to make music if I can't be creative. And he won, uh, dismissed all the, 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 the case, and uh, he was in the right, so he doesn't have to quit music, which is good. I always say this about Ed Sheeran, though. He's got it figured out because, you know, it's just him. Like we're talking about Bruce, no Bruce band, no Street. nothing, huh? Like the East Street Band's got like 12 dudes up there. Bruce has got to share all that money. Ed Sheeran gets up there, and he's got stadiums packed, and it's just him. And he, you know, he's walking out with all the loot. He doesn't share any money. Good like job. A, like a stand-up comic or something. How does he make all that music with that little loot machine? It's pretty amazing. Great uh, job. Uh, same time that uh, Ed Sheeran has won his case, Amber Heard, formerly Johnny Depp's wife, says she's quit Hollywood. She's quit Hollywood. Anybody going to miss her? Did she ever start? Did she ever really yeah, I don't think I've ever Hollywood? seen a movie that features Amber Heard. Now, she was born in Austin, Texas. Went to high school here in Austin, Texas for a while. I think she dropped out of high school, went to Hollyweird, and became very weird. St. Michael's alumni. St. Mike. Uh, did she graduate there, oh. T.Y.? I'm not sure. I know she went there, though. That's not far from where you grew up there. And, uh, right around Mr. the corner Wesley. there. Yeah, Amber Heard. Amber Heard says she's quit. She's had enough, huh? She's out. She's quitting Hollywood. I think most of us quit Hollywood a long time ago. Absolutely. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, but she's out. Uh, that's, that has happened as well. Uh, all right. So there you go. There's your salacious gossip. Let's get to your Blitz. The Bucky and E Blitz. The Morning Blitz brought to you by Apple Leasing, where you only have to pay for the new half of the car or truck, the half under factory warranty, and any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and see how easy it is. All right. There are no children in the house, but BK is here. First Blitzer, you're up. Hey, Ty, don't let these guys keep you down. Before the end of the show, we got to know who your four-horse trifecta box is. Get them. Four. Uh, Ooh, that'd be super four, with four-horse. Four super I'm going 4, 15, 15, 17. There you go. Listen to E yeah, already. Uh, I got the inside that? scoop. Next blitzer, you're up. <laughs> BK's in town? That explains why the heifers are stirring around and mooing. <laughs> what the fight was about on 6th Street <laughs> with the cyclists. That, that's for sure. Next, Blitzer, you're up. Hey, Bucky, out here in West Texas, I play golf tournaments that are three-day 54-holers with a shotgun start, and we can wear shorts. Why can't Phil Mickelson and me get our official world golf ranking points? Where's my lawyer, boy? Come on, now. Come on, Otis. Next, Blitzer, you're up. Oh. BK's in town. Ask yeah. him if he's been entertaining them uh, round-shouldered women. It ain't San Antonio, but Houston got a lot. Houston got a lot. Yeah, BK's not yes. Next blitzer, you're up. Houston hey, Amber Heard, it's not the dog's fault, okay? Stop blaming the dog. <laughs> Remember, the- she tried to blame the dog because she pooped in the bed because she was mad at Jim and Johnny Depp. And then she blamed the housekeeper and the dog. And the dog. Poor dog. Next blitzer, talk to us. Coach. Yes. Two things for you. Um, is Jurassic Monty on strike, and that's why he couldn't come and fill in when you were out? Uh, second thing for you, Coach. Since did Insensitive E say that he saw Fatty Axel Rose and Lumpy Luca at the mullet open? <laughs> no. Insensitive E. Wow. Next blitzer, you're up. E. Yes. You know, yes, sir. biker brawls go through Twin Peaks, Waco. That was nothing last night. That's true. Oh! No gunfire. No gunfire, so we saw. 
It would be kind of cool. It would be very Austin-like if the Rot Rally, if the cyclists, the motorcycle guys met up with the cyclist community. Wow. There was a brawl between the, the bicyclists and the motorcyclists. I'll take the cyclists. <laughs> Come on. Uh, we know they're in better shape. Wow. They are mean, the cyclists. That'd be some fun right there. Absolutely. Be, I'd, I'd, whatever the Twitter handle that is, I'd be in on that. Uh, okay. We'll be back. Thinking of BK. BK took a lot of love and some shrapnel on the uh, the Blitz. We'll jump. He'll jump in here with us and say hello. What's going on? Excitement down in Houston for once covering the Texans. They had a good week, they think, uh, with the drafts of last week. Also, uh, got to ask BK for the Astro fans out there. Is, is Jose Abreu going to start hitting at oh any point? Oh, my goodness. Is that going to happen? Are we going to, you know, we just gave him a bunch of money. Start hitting the ball, please. We'll get to that with BK. Also, how things.